0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to look back on a much-needed three points and a clean sheet against Fulham at Craven Cottage. First up, Mr Paul Muir. How are you doing, Paul? Um, Very well,
0: thanks. All the better for seeing that win. That was a very, very useful three points to a game that I didn't think was going to be that easy. And I thought it would be a lot harder than it
1: was, which we'll get into over the next 45 minutes from now.
0: But um, yeah, feeling good after watching that.
1: Yeah, man. Same. Just, uh, I couldn't watch the last few minutes of injury time. I was just like, I was pacing around in circles as I tend to do when it's 1-0 to Spurs and going into the last few minutes, but also joining from up north. It's weird up north. I'm in Brazil, Like right? You're both up north from me. It's, it's Seb Short, Hayden,
2: Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, likewise. It's, it's an unfamiliar feeling being 1-0 up with a, with a few minutes to go, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think uh, any of us were expecting, uh, expecting that result. Um, well, that scoreline at least. So, uh, yeah, good. Lots to talk about, actually. Um, uh, you know, some things, some people I thought stepped up to the plate tonight. So that, that's always good.
1: Yeah, it was a was good good show around and, and vital, vital. Like, if we'd have lost that, that I mean, again, just more pressure on content. I'm not saying anybody would have had to have gone. But bearing in mind, we've lost six of our last 10 and only one since the World Cup in the league. Uh, it, the pressure's on, so um, yeah, it just it'll ease things. I think that the, the clean sheet as well will bring some confidence back, and we we'll played some good stuff today. So let's start as we always do with the lineup. Um, it was exactly the same as the, the the starting eleven against Man City. Paul, were you surprised with that? Uh, we were talking perhaps bringing in Forster or Rashardson for Son, but he kept it and obviously got it right.
0: Yeah, I think Sky said that was the first time we've been unchanged since August. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it, it, it feels right. Yeah, three, four, three. I think if you are going to play uh, Hugo against probably one of the best teams in Europe, then you are certainly going to play him against Fulham.
1: Yeah, no. I said, what, did you, what were your thoughts when you saw the lineup with uh, with no changes from the City game on Thursday?
2: Almost like a. You got us into this mess now. Now you get us out of it, really. That's that's what I felt. I guess it is our strongest lineup. You know, there's, I guess, there's you know, we've covered this, but question marks over whether Royale's better than Doherty and whether Davis is better than Longley. But aside from that, I think that's probably our strongest lineup. I didn't feel like he was going to change Son today. Um, and I didn't feel like he was going to call, uh, um, call out Hugo it's a massive call to make not only because he's your long-standing goalkeeper but obviously being being captain as well so I wasn't surprised to see see him there despite a lot of social media pleas um, for him to be dropped um, yeah and all in all that's I think that is probably 1-11 to our, our strongest lineup.
1: Yeah fair, fair enough makes sense and, and one player that like, we'll get into the game a bit but for me, Paul, a player that really stood out today was was Emerson Royal. He's much maligned. He gets he gets grief from the crowd. I don't know if that's still going on, but he he was thoughtless today. He was he was full of energy. Um, he, he didn't commit too far forward, but he uh he, he went about his job really well. I thought today.
0: Yeah, he's been good. Obviously, scored against City, popped up 75 meter run to there to get the power and to nod it in um against against he was tonight. Um, he missed one challenge where Robinson, who is rapid, I sat down our Patreon chat um, uh, with, with our Patreons that, you know, he, he's got some real pace, Robinson. I think Royale dealt with him on the whole quite well. And I think Mitrovic tried to pull off into the channel between um, Romero and Royale on that side. And I thought Royale did enough. You know, you're not going to win a lot against Mitrovic. And we didn't. But what he did do, he did, he did, kind of track the second ball off that quite well. Um yeah, that that was good from Royale tonight. Um yeah, long mate
1: continue. Just on the opening exchanges, Paul, I think Fulham like the first 20, Fulham were looking confident. They uh I think we were we were struggling to play it out from the back. We did look a bit nervous in possession and Fulham did nick it a few times. But uh well we, we eased ourselves back into the game I thought uh yeah I
0: thought th- yeah I we were, we were really slow. We we were taking two, three, four touches when a one one hit pass, uh, sorry, first time pass would have would have been perfect. Um, yeah, like uh we got caught uh, about eight or nine minutes in. i got I think look uh, on possession and they just burst from the middle again and it was a good tackle wide fire to uh put that one that fire out. Um and then I think Parish took a throw and he, he he threw it and it didn't even come into the field of play. It, it went straight down the line and he had to retake Jeez. it again. I just thought if that kind of sums us up in the first 15, 20 minutes, it's that little bit of play there. It was just too slow, Brent. It was just, it was mm. just all round, just. People that expect to be zippier and a little bit more kind of like um, sparky with a ball. You're talking about a Benton core and a half turn. Or you're talking about an even Perisic. Just, just weren't at it for that first 15, 20 minutes. And, yeah, we lost the ball lots and lots of times. And we had to really kind of like you know, work incredibly hard to get it back at some points as well, which was uh, a real shame. But it was just all round far, far too pedestrian. Mm. You agree with that, Ted? Yeah, I thought we looked really nervous
2: as well. I thought, I thought we looked proper, like we, we didn't want to make any mistakes. Mm. Um, I think probably it came from the, I would imagine that conversations have gone on, not just in the last week, but over the last few weeks about defensive solidity and keeping it tight. And, you know, this record about conceding two goals every game and things like that. And it looked to me like the the, the primary objective was not to concede. However, what that did was kind of, make us play with, with nerves. Like that was the only thing we were thinking about really, even when we were getting in positions um, on the counter, just did, just kept coming back. Um, they weren't doing, they weren't doing too much for them. So I felt like we were defensively not too mm. bad. Um, but when the ball was getting into midfield, there were, there were just no options um, struggling, struggled to get it into, into their half, to be honest. Um, I was again, very disappointed with Son. Um, just feel like he thinks he needs three or four touches now every time to kind of get that ball under control rather than just hitting it and and going with pace run, running you know running at someone there was a time when he got it on the halfway line mm. um and and I think he got he got fouled but then his frustration boiled over he he was he was a lucky boy actually um left his foot in on tete yeah. i think and ended up get, getting himself a yellow card born out frustration but he's not as frustrated as we are with him to be honest, because um, I don't know what's happened. I don't know what, some of it's obviously confidence, um, but there's, it just seems very, very nervous tentative on the ball. Um, He's taking two, three seconds to make a decision on what to do. And by the time he makes a decision, the ball's gone. Um, So uh, yeah, that, that was frustrating. But after about half an hour, we played about five, 10 yards further up the pitch. Um, and I felt that's when it started to change um, and we started to get our foot on the ball more. Most notably, we got um, both Kulusevsky and Benton into the game more. Um, Bent- uh, uh, Kulusevsky only touched the ball for 20 minutes at the start, um, unless it was um, helping Emerson on that side defending Um so, yeah, a tricky 20 minutes, but we came through it. And that's that's a good sign. Yeah.
1: And then we also have to remember that Fulham are no champs at the moment. They've beaten Chelsea in the last couple of weeks five wins uh, in the last few games. So, And they would have gone above us if, if they'd have won. And I think maybe that was playing on their minds as well, probably, that we need to maintain, be within touching distance of Man United, who are now just three points ahead of us, which is crazy. I know they've got a game in hand. But, um, but yeah, one of our own stood up. And uh, what a great goal as well. And, and it was, so I thought Sonny was going to go wide. I don't know if, who was running outside him, but he cut in and, and he gave, gave it to Kane. And it still wasn't a clear chance then. But you know, when Kane just finds that little space, that little space, oh, it was just, it was a beautiful goal. <sighs>
0: It was. And that, that's what was when you got one of the elite strikers in the world. Son feeds it into him. I thought it was going to go back towards Son. He didn't he rolled Reed and he used him and Diop as a shield and he curled it around uh, and Leno only saw it, didn't even see it because he's two central defenders in the way. It's yeah. really, really like class finish from Kane. It was like he stroked it, he didn't hit it too hard. There's enough bend, enough fade in there, and it was done really quickly. Kane hits the ball with minimum backlift. I mean, it, it, I think it gets missed a little bit by a lot of people, but he doesn't take like He doesn't really like put his laces through it. It doesn't seem like he's going to like telegraph what he does. He's just like he just strokes it, but it's really powerful and it's yeah. I mean, it was a it was a great goal and really nice little kind of positive um finish to that first half when we've been under the cosh like we spoke about for the for most of it. But um yeah, and it was just nice that you know he he got level with Grooves' record tonight as well.
1: Greatest player in our history, Seb, or remains to be seen. Greatest, greatest, player? greatest player in Spurs' history, Did you yeah. greatest striker.
2: No, no, neither. I'm afraid, uh, not 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 in my not in my book. Certainly not the greatest player. Um, and I mean, I've said this before, but I grew up watching videos of Jimmy Greaves and he, he was another level. I, st- I still believe he's the greatest. British player that there's ever been, Jimmy Greaves. Uh, the the only way you could stop him was not letting him have the ball. If he got the ball, he, more often than not, he put it in the in the net. So I think what Harry has done, however, is outstanding because I think football is very different now. Obviously, uh, you know there were plenty of games back in the day. You know Bill Nicholson's first game, ten four, and things like that. It's not the same now. But likewise, you know on the on the flip side, it's a lot less rough and tumble. So, I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's that's a debate to have, um, you know, and you really, I guess you need to speak to people who've seen them mm-hmm. both in the flesh. But no, Harry Kane is is an outstanding player and we are lucky to have him. And I don't, but perhaps it will take him not being at the club, um, which I'm sure is a topic we'll come on to shortly. But it will take him not being at the club to realise just how lucky he We are to have him. He's um, yeah, he's he's an unbelievable player. That that finish as well was was very clever. Um, It was just kind of um, quickness of thought as well as um, kind of physical movement to move that ball and get that half yard in front of Ream, um, who couldn't quite get across um, and finish it. The only thing that kind of perplexed me was when they freeze framed the the goal on Sky Sports. The two players who were alongside Kane and actually offside, so it's good job that kind of nothing kind of bounced through or anything like that, were Romero and Davis, which I found quite odd for that to be in kind of open play. I'm not quite sure why our two centre backs were were pushing up that high, equal or even actually in front of our striker. Um, but that, maybe that's something you guys uh, can it, answer.
1: I'm not sure, really. I, well, Sonny played the pass, so Sonny was was, was a, wasn't wouldn't have been as advanced. As they were, I'm um, yeah. Not sure where where he was when the shot was taken. What, what I did notice though from Son was like because he got the assist, he did play the pass to Kane, and when Kane scored, he didn't join the celebrations. Like everyone ran off with him, and fair enough. But Sonny just stood there and sort of put his arms in the air, and I don't know. I, I think I said it in the Patreon chat. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it just felt there was there was a disconnect there and and like you said he, he did get his I, I think uh had he gone in with a bit more force on on the was it was it Paline who who did he stamp on do you remember I'm sorry? K-tate. K-tate. K-tate, yeah. Um that that could have been a red that was frustration that challenge um but anyway Paul thoughts on on, on Harry
0: uh I think he is probably the best player top of her. um I didn't see grooves I think what gets missed is that some of the players that Carrie's had to play with and he's elevated himself above those and, and become integral. You take his goals out of our, of our our team over the last four or five seasons and uh you know, we're nowhere near it. He's playing against some very, very top level top level defenders and better set up teams that are sometimes go out just to stop him from scoring he also assists as well as we know he's got the record with son last season so in my mind um i believe that he's probably yeah out what yeah i'd I'd say our greatest player he's he's up there for me with hoddle i must admit um hoddle was one of the main reasons why i started supporting this club and you know I, i yeah, try to like, you know, like volley the ball, at like huddle and like chip it and then turn and chip it over goalies and stuff like he did at Watford for Sherwood against Sherwood. But anyway, moving on, if yeah, Kane is, I can't, as I said in the Patreon chat as well, as again, go back to our Patreon, like sometimes I can't believe he plays for us. I, I, I just can't believe it. It's just like, what this guy's all round game is, is so elite, so elite. On the, on the Son thing as well, um, he needs to, he needs to be dropped. We said that now, but he needs to be That was frustration. He was lucky to stay on the field. We're still going to get straight kicked out uh, uh, against uh, the Bournemouth guy um, in midfield. And he done it at Chelsea as well. We well, done it,
1: Lerma, it?
0: Lerma? Yeah, Lerma. Thank you. Good, good, good drills, Brian. Um Yeah, he, he, he take him out and put and put Richie in there and go and and just just take Son out of that takes on out of that firing line for a little bit
1: would, would, would I be my think,
0: my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I think I understood sticking with Sonny for this one, because we know that Fulham do like to play Highline, and you've said it before, Paul, that um, Richarlison's build-up play isn't anywhere near as good. He needs the ball much closer to the goal to be effective. So I kind of understood the logic there and in playing him. Also, Richardson is just coming back from injury. He was injured in the the, the World Cup uh, in the warm-up. I yeah. think for the game against Croatia, still played with his leg strapped up and was clearly, clearly shouldn't have. Like uh, I, I don't know if it was him that insisted or Chiche, but. Uh, because Gabriel Jesus was injured, they had no one else to play in that position. They didn't bring Firmino; they bought Anthony instead. So Gigi took a gamble and lost it. And so he's playing himself back to fitness as well. What did you make of his uh, his cameo? set? it's hard for him. I think
2: what comes over loud and clear is that he loves. Playing, I, I like to see players who obviously like being on the football pitch and I know that sounds crazy but I think we've got a few that don't <laughs> um uh, it, he um but he it he looks like he wants to do well he, he's putting in the effort um I think he likes playing with Kane um I think he kind of almost feels privileged to be in the position that he's in and I, I like to see that um yeah I, I agree with you Brent I I, I wouldn't I wasn't surprised that he didn't start tonight, and I, I wouldn't have started him tonight either. Um, Conte did say, pre-match, that he'll be ready for the next game. So uh, beware, Preston. <laughs> Rashadison is coming. Um, I'm not sure about Premier League, but yeah, I, look, I'm, I'm not. We've all kind of sat here and criticised Son for for what seems like weeks on end now. Um, but I think um, we it would be um, um, I, I, yeah, we've all criticised Son for. For weeks on end as Paul said he's been taking out the firing line um and we seem to have a player kind of ready to step up to uh to to, to take that place so let, let's see what happens ideally obviously what you want is all four of your your main front players firing on all cylinders at all times um but certainly we we haven't got we haven't got that with son at the moment it doesn't look like it's I mean, I think when scored against Palace, we all hope that'd be a bit of a weight off his shoulders. But hasn't shown anything really in the three or four games after that. That kind of makes you think that a corner yeah. has been
1: turned. Yeah, like you said, it remains to be seen. And he still hasn't scored in the league. Uh, he will, though. Like, there's a few gooners on Twitter that, that make that point. those oh, 15 games in, he hasn't he hasn't scored in the league. But, uh, yeah, Yeah, Charleston. It's, yeah I, I think. He yeah, he's, he's barely had a chance, has he? Do we quickly touch on the second half? We we kept them relatively at arms length. Had a few chances. Uh, we had one, the Kane header. That was one where I thought I was sure it was going in. Like, it, it's played across. I think it was, was it Perisic that that did the header over the across the box, yeah. and it was unfortunate. It was just a, it was at the perfect height for Leno to to get. But um, key sort of points from the the second half, Paul.
0: Uh, we we taking a lot of short corners. I noticed as well. I think our uh, uh Vo. Oh, I can't remember his name. Is that his name? The the, yeah, the the free yeah. kick specialist. Um, yeah, short corner, get a different angle. Perisic peels away. Really nice balling. Really, just, I love that, that he cuts on the left side, and it's gonna be ninety-five percent of the time really good. You gamble. Perisic is on a back post, and just like a really nice cushion, kind of right in the, right in the cane, as you say. And then, unfortunately, Kane. Um, yeah, Leno, L- Leno makes a save. Wilson, I think, as well. I thought that, that Kulu looked pretty good. Looked pretty sharp. I thought Bentancor faded a little bit as well. And and I thought Hoiberg did a lot, a lot of dirty work tonight. As in, just like covering a lot of ground. He was in there against Pereira, who is having a great season by all accounts. The guy they got from Manu for a snip. Nice. Um, that that. That, that was my my main point really from from the second half. Davies did okay against De because I thought Decodivre was just running ragged in the first half. I thought I thought Davies came back in the second half and we just looked a pretty solid 5-4-1 really. And when we did get the ball we looked after it a bit better and we and we, we we showed little glimpses of what we we're doing last year about hit, hitting teams really, really well in counter. Um but I was I was I must admit I was never really worried that they were going to score. I think we kept them, as you say, at arm's length really, really nicely. And uh, we worked incredibly hard in the, in the middle of the pitch, which, you know, to, to cut down. They, they threw a lot of crosses in, and you, mm. you wander up Mitrovic, and then when Vinicius comes on, you think, oh, here we go, because obviously Vinicius was the last for a little while. But, yeah, Mitrovic got his head in a few things. I thought, you know, Dyer dealt with him really well when Mitrovic kind of dropped a bit. He clapped. Got him on the Achilles, let him know he was there, and after that Mitch Rich didn't really want to know. What I would like to say quickly, last thing is about how Fulham's around the ref. Um the the ref pulled over the uh pulled over their captain twice and said, Look, I just want to deal with you. And all game, like Mitch Rich and everybody who's around him. I just think it's you know, I don't know, that's quite dark arts there from Silva and I, I don't really like I, I, actually I know we do it at times we don't do it as bad as they did tonight but um I thought Mitrich getting in the in the in the refs grid at every opportunity just was a bit a bit distasteful we didn't really need to do it but yeah 5-4-1 in the second half we look pretty solid Yeah, it's good it's
1: pretty really good I think too. yeah on the, the red thing, I think we did it once and he booked Bentanko for it on the foul by Pal- on Palinha on Kane. Oh yeah. Which yeah. like in real time, I'm like, yes, that's definitely a card. Then you see the replay, like, yeah, it's a foul, but it's nowhere near the card. But he is yeah, well, pretty decent. picked up a
0: yellow early, didn't he? He picked up a yellow yeah. he, really early. I think he's really good. I think Palinha mm. is really good. Um, but I think he just he tried to do too much too quickly too soon tonight. And they they, they seemed they, they seemed a little bit frantic near the end and they, they were flying at some
1: challenges. Seb your thoughts on the battle between Hoybier and Paulinho? Hoybier did, did put this shift today, I thought.
2: Hoybier was good, yeah. I, I thought Paulinho should have been sent off, but not for not for the tackle on Kane, for the one on Hoybier when was running through the centre circle um and he came in and that, that was that was definitely another another yellow. Um just kind of marrying the points up, I I thought the referee was really inconsistent. It wasn't just with um the challenges, it was the things with head injuries. Like you say, he'd kind of warned um, Ream a couple of times and said look you know you can't surround me and then we do it once and that was almost like the straw that broke the camel's back but in fact that was that was the only time that, that we did it I thought Benton Kerr was unlucky actually whoever pulled him away did a good job because even after he got booked Benton Kerr he was carrying on in the uh, in the ref's ear which is very very silly at that point you know five ten minutes to go um, what I liked the most was there seemed for the first time in a long long time to be an element of control that um, they looked like they knew what they were doing um, kind of front to back I thought Dyer had a good game first one in a, in a while really because um, really it's been since uh, well October time really that ever since he got back into that Nations League squad before the World Cup um, he, he's not been He's not been great. Thought Emerson was, you know, covered it, it was very good tonight. Um, Hoybier and Benton Kerr get through ever such a lot. Benton Kerr's kind of turn of speed to you know, quite often he's pressing on his own. He beats, he, he goes for the ball and he goes ahead of Kane, um, you know, at, at, to, to meet that 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 defender on the ball. And he does it so many it's times. Um, just kind of like, it's how he scored against Arsenal. That's exactly that. And we nearly did it again, actually, in the first half. It was pretty much before the goal, the only chance that we had where Benton Kerr, um kind of ran at their, their defensive midfielder to receive the ball um, and kind of got in ahead of him. It, unfortunately, it just bounced out of play. Um, but he, he was good tonight. Obviously, Kane, Kulusevski, I thought, did nothing for, for 25, 30 minutes at the start, um, but um, but really kind of grew into the game and he, he's, he, he's, a, he's a threat. Um, look, I think... What's important was, and actually, you know, I criticised Sky a lot, but their pre-game coverage of Spurs tonight was pretty good. Um, what they said, um, Neville Carragher, was um, basically stop sulking. As a club, stop sulking. You win this tonight, you're a few points off the Champions League. You're still in the Champions League uh, this season. You're still in the Cup with a decent tie to come when some big teams have gone out. Um I felt like if we had lost tonight and lost limply, and let's be honest, over the last few weeks we've lost limply, and I think that's what's I think we all know we can lose games, it's the way that you lose them and it's not being impressive. And there's a malaise and a what like what Gary Nel said, a sulking around the club. Um and that's manager, players, supporters, <laughs> running all the way through. Um but actually tonight was it was gritty and it was determined. Um, And it was strong. And like I said, there was an element of control. If you take this this from now, we've got a good and very important couple of months coming up. We've got some very key, but also very winnable home games. Um, You know, London derbies, West Ham, Chelsea. We've got in Land coming up. We've got Man City coming up at home. um, You know, we've got some really important games. If we can turn it around, if we can get through January, maybe add add a, um, a player or two, If we've got belief that seems to come out today that Harry Kane might sign a new, new deal, these are all massive things that can really lift that club up. And the other point I wanted to make, and I was thinking about this um, during the game, I like us chasing. I liked it last year when we were chasing it. I think Conte likes chasing. He likes to gather the players around, if you like, and kind of give them that belief, set them the target. It's a lot harder and we've seen it before with Spurs teams. It's a lot harder when we're being chased. I think we find that that difficult and we all these Spursy and bottle job kind of connotations come in. Let's do the chasing. We've got two targets in front of us, I think, in United and Newcastle. There's a long way to go. I heard on the radio today and it's a fair point. Uh, it's effectively Boxing Day with the, the games that have been played, right? It's Boxing Day. Yeah, there's a long way to go in this season. You know, Halfway through, or just over halfway through, um, a lot of points to be played. Uh, we've had a lot of injuries. Got players coming back. Let's use this. I hope as some kind of turning point, and let's really motor on with some key games over the next couple of months. Mm.
1: Do you agree with that, Paul? Do you think that um, that this can prove a turning point for us? Because it's not been great. Like the the, the defending, the, the conceding two goals every game. Our home record's been shocking. There's disgruntlement from the manager. There's a, a anger at the Uh, at the board, at the owners. uh, There's so much going on. And then there's Kane's contract situation as well. Um, Do you agree with with Neville and Carragher that we just need to just focus on the job at hand and take it day by day? We are not in that bad a position.
0: In the league, we're not in that bad a position. Um, I don't really agree with Carragher and Neville. I don't really see the players sulking. Uh, to be honest, there's always drama around this club. There's always some kind of there's always some kind of like extraneous kind of stuff going on. Now we've got this situation, Don Parat- sorry, Paratici. We have this situation going on with our manager. We don't know if he's gonna be here. This is being leaked, that's being leaked. That's that that's that's not us feeling sorry for ourselves. So, so I don't really understand what Caraguer and never at there. I think it's just just lazy journalism really it's just like the thing they want they want to focus on. The commentator couldn't wait to say about the chance, which obviously the way fans are perfectly entitled to 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 chant and stuff and you know, you know, within a couple of minutes it was, you know, the anti enic um, sentiment from the away fans, and you know, the, the broadcaster picked it up. I know yeah, Sky are pretty even handed with all this stuff, like they did it with the you know, uh, Everton protests and stuff like this. So, that's not me saying there's a bias towards Spurs there, but it, it just seems to be like. It, it's just a very easy thing for Sky to focus on outside of our football at the moment, but I don't see it. Um, I don't see anybody sulking. I don't see, see Paul. I don't see anybody coming up on their social media channels going like, "Poor, woe betide me," and look at us, and it's not fair. I, I, I don't. See... I,
2: I don't think. It, I don't think they quite meant that. I, I, I don't think they were saying players are sulking. I think as a club, there's a kind of. Um, malaise and a kind of—it's not even a malaise. It's kind of, you know, we've obviously seen there's a bit of anger with the the owners. There's a bit of anger against the manager. There's a, there's there's splits kind of down the fan base. You know, we've discussed it on 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 the pod about who's to blame when we lose results. You know, is it the manager? Is it the board? Is it the players? Is it this player? Is it that player? Yeah, and I think what. Um, they were saying, I, I didn't think it was lazy Jones. I thought I kind of got what they were saying was, look at where you are now. You're in fifth. You're better than Liverpool. You're better than Chelsea. You're not far off. You win tonight, you're putting pressure on you. Three points behind Newcastle and, and United. And it was that kind of feeling like, it, stop feeling sorry for yourselves. Get on, turn your season around because there's not actually a lot that you have to do to turn it around, points-wise and position-wise. Getting into the top four, Probably is about as much as we can expect and and we want, want good cup runs. Don't think anyone thought we were going to be challenging for the title. So we're not far off where we want to be. Obviously, there's the issue that that lot are, are doing all right. But that's it. And I think that's what they were trying to say was kind of, you know, buck up. Come on, let's go again. Halfway through the season. We're roughly where we thought we'd be. Let's crack on and stop hmm. moaning.
1: I think, yeah, I think it was more for the fans. Look, we're in the Champions League. We've got great Champions League games coming up against AC Milan. And I know we, we we can't always compare to how things were before, but it's weird like I started to go to games in the mid nineties. We were we were awful then. But it, even then it it probably felt a bit better than it does now. I'm I'm more nervous about Spurs now than I was then. And we play, we're in a far, far better position, better state than we were then. So anything else from the game that, that caught your eye um, before we move on? Carlos Vinicius, thank God, he didn't have to do his celebration against us. Can you imagine that?
2: <laughs> no, I couldn't have stomached that. That, that would have been horrible. Um, when he came on a message on the Patreon. But to be fair, I don't think he he, he, he barely had a kick. Um, uh, I'll tell you what, one other thing that I was going to say, Larice. Uh, Thank God there was no mistakes tonight. thought he played quite well. A couple of good shots. There was one that kind of um, came straight at him but looked like a good save um, in the first half. There was another one that he kind of um, did well to get in the way of half fumbled it but w- was pretty comfortable covering it. Um, and then there was a near post one as well um, where I think it might have been going wide but he got the the important touch. It's then, you know, you need to be decisive is what we've kind of moaned at him about before. Um, but you know, I'd rather see it go out for a corner with a with a decent save, even if it even if it is going wide. I thought I thought he did well tonight. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. You know, I think Hugo plays a, a lot on confidence and a lot and kind of he's a bit um, a bit like Son. You know. We can he can he can go on a little bit of a run, hopefully, certainly towards the end of the season, and, and pull out some some better absolutely. Well,
1: the big new, big news this week uh, has been uh, the Paratici legal case in Italy and uh, the potential impact on our operations. There's been nothing from the club on it. Uh, I'm assuming that's because he's appealing, so there's certain things that they can't say. But Paul, it's not great that we there is this uncertainty and. and it does feel a bit like with the Pedro Porro uh, saga, for example, that it, it feels like Daniel Levy's back doing the negotiations. You know, what I mean? like it's, it's it's got Levy's fingerprints all over it, the Pedro Porro deal, and and it's worrying that that Paratici, who is the football guy, is the one that Levy designated these important footballing decisions to, to take over, isn't isn't doing his job, can't do his job, or, or may may have to leave.
0: Uh, Sky cut to him tonight. Um, sitting in the, in the stand, doing something, he had a bug in his pocket from his phone, you're on Telly now, look, look interested or something, it was, it, it's, his position is untenable, sack him, get rid of him, cut him loose, um, and get another director of football who isn't a crook, that's my take on it.
2: Seb? Uh, yeah, I'm not far off that, to be honest, um, no smoke without fire, yeah. um, Italian football's got a long history of being ever so slightly corrupt, and, um, Look, yeah, there might well be appeals and things like that. But at the end of the day, we can talk like this because he has been found guilty of malpractice. Um, these aren't allegations. It's a, it's a charge that's stuck. Um, yeah. I I, I I wouldn't have anything to do with him, to be honest. Um, you, you, you wonder as well, dealing with clubs when you've got that black mark against you, who, what who is going to want to deal with him? That's the, that's the other thing, you know, um, Kind of not guilty by association, but you know, you you kind of would assume that your deals will be closely looked into. Yeah, you know, if we if we go and do any more business now, those deals are going to be, um, you know, they've got to be clean as a whistle. Um, so if you're a club that um, that are dealing with Spurs, uh, you really want to. You know, the other thing that kind of um, I don't know if this has been covered on previous pods, but I, I, I don't think so. Is this Trossard? Um, information that's come out from his agent that again shows us in such a bad light um, with, with the fact that, well, he said that we offered 12 million pound. Um, my uh, my understanding was, is that that was 6 million pounds up front and then 2 million pounds a year over the course of four years um, to make 12 million um, that we'd been negotiating for two weeks. Um, and the quote was something like with Tottenham, it was just wait, this wait, that, weight the other. Um, and Arsenal came in, asked for the price. They got told £27 million and it was done within 24 hours. This is the type of thing. And you have to, when it comes from, from players' agents, and they, 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 you can't doubt it. Why would they be saying it? And this is the type of thing that goes back to, um, you know, goes back 15, 20 years when Alex Ferguson said that, you know, dealing with Daniel Levy was was the worst part of football. Um so It just shows us consistently and constantly in a bad light and it adds fuel to the fire of these Enoch out protests and everything else. Um, look, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I'm not Enoch, Enoch out or in, but I think this is as vociferous as uh, as it's been. Um, I just would hope that it, it doesn't affect anything on the pitch. I don't think it will. I, because as I've said, we, we're in it again this season. We're in the mix. We're in the mix of Champions League, we're still in two cup competitions. We're not having a bad season despite some results and despite some performances. Um, but if if I was Daniel Levy, going back to the original point, I'd want my club, especially when I'm under pressure, although whether he feels pressure, I'm not sure, to be clean and you've got to cut carry. Paratici aside I think and as Paul said get someone in please don't take over football dealings Mr Levy get someone else in Um, and um, even if it's after this transfer window if you've got to write off this transfer window I I don't like it but still think we've got a decent squad and but Paratici I I wouldn't have him anywhere near the club now
1: I think um, Ferguson's quote was that dealing with Daniel Levy was more painful than his triple heart bypass operation uh, which which is all we need to do well
2: the, the, the There's more and more, you know, there's more and more quotes and for them, for it to be 20 odd or 22 years or whatever, since Levy took over and these quotes still coming up, still doesn't learn his lessons. You know, we can all recite them. The Jack Grealish deal, the Sadio Mane deal, the Bruno Fernandes deal. And this is just another one. Look, it's only Leandro Leandro Trossard. I don't think he's, he's a world beater. And I hope I'm proved right with that. Um, But it's still,
1: mate, it's embarrassing. Paul, your, your take on, on the current state of things at board level?
0: Is this the same Daniel Levy who trolled himself to go and actually personally go and get Luka Modric for us? Do you remember? That was really early on in the window when he did that. And we acted decisively. Um, the modus operandi at board level and how we deal recruitment, as we talked about ad finitum, has to change. We cannot... We cannot carry on dealing in the transfer market like cut price chelsea and trying to do this and pay, making people wait you know yeah, the
2: the, the money they're throwing around mate i wouldn't mind being a cut price I chelsea know, <laughs> you know what what, i think <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that
0: the money in the prem at the moment it means that the rest of europe is pretty skinned post covid the media rights are nowhere near what we've got so therefore if we're trying to buy things, people from the continent Selling clubs want their estimations met because they know that we're flush. That doesn't mean we have to pay over the odds. What it means is that we have to do it quicker and we don't have to, like, you know, like behave like people in Brixton Market going, well, I can get six potatoes over there for that much. But yeah, but they're sweet potatoes. But yeah, but I want this, I want that. You see it? We, that's a really bad example, but we can't do we can't do that. We have to, you know, we, 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 this is not the first time an agent's come out and said, Things like this, as, as Seba said, it's been happening for the last eight, nine, ten, ten years. Um, the the Mo has to. The, the, we're not going to get new owners quick, so you know the, the the. It's just the operation side of the way that we deal in interest market it has to change. I'm not sure it will, to be honest. I really am not sure it will. If Paratigi goes, which he has to, you know, which we just said there then we're back to the last couple of days seeing what's there and trying to trying to trying to strike a deal when we could have got our, our work done in the first kind of week or, or 10 days it's it, just go on, go on, mate. Just,
2: just, to, just to add um £12 million pound that we bid for Trossard over four years Um we paid £12 million pound for Eunice Cabal in 2008 up front so that's that that's what you have to look at in my mind like the game, has, the game has moved mm. on, like, ridiculously in terms of the income and in terms of uh, the, the the transfer fees. Um, and, you know, the other thing is with the advent of social media over the last 10, 15, 20 years since Zinic since had been there, people know stuff. People, we're not thick. We know, you know, there's a lot of information that's spread. And when I say information, I don't mean false information. I mean actual, true information information about the money that, that is generated through the club. We know that on a um, on a good home day uh, against an Arsenal or something like that, there's five million quid that comes into the club in a, uh, during a game. I mean, uh, that's not all profit, but the, the, there is so much money swishing around that club, as we were told by the club that there would be. So when you hear things about £12 million pound for Trossard spread over four million years, it, it gets you back up. Like I said, I'm not Enoch in or Enoch out, but it's these things that just, they, they they add to all this social media movement that thinks they're going to get Enoch out. And they're not going to get Enoch out. It doesn't matter what they do. Because, you know, I'm talking as a businessman here. If I had a an asset that was generating me five million quid on, on a match day,
0: <laughs> I ain't selling.
2: I ain't selling anytime soon. It is making a serious amount of money. It's going to be, it, it's,
0: you know, it's going to be cool. it's going to be interesting when the the i think the accounts legally have to be you have to see them before in the march i believe or even the end of february i think uh it's going to be really really interesting to see what happens when we if if rumors and they are rumors that income turnover is up 20 25 30% and we probably haven't bought anybody this window standby I think, I think a lot more moderate people are going to get a bit pissed off Hmm. Um, and it, and it, and it will get toxic. And, you know, I I, I think it will. I think I'll be myself in that category. I, I'm not there yet.
2: I'm not, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I would never go and protest and I think I'm sensible enough and I'm not criticizing anyone that is. That's not what I'm saying. But for, in my, in my mind, um i don't see the point of it because i don't think you move people out of a club when they are uh, running a legitimate business operation and that is unfortunately what they're doing it's not about mm. football um it's a business operation that's making them plenty of money why on earth would, would they go anywhere unless they received a silly offer i don't uh, so i don't think any amount of protest is going to do do anything I, I understand why people are doing it because i am as I've said, I can see the information, and the information doesn't look good. If you are hoping that your owners are investing in your football club, which they're not—not not anywhere near to the level that that I think we can all see they hmm. could be. Um, yeah, hundred. As another thing, this hundred and fifty million, most of which we haven't spent, or some of which we haven't spent, it sounds great, and it kind of looks great when when we were told that this was going to come out, but. We, we, as maybe some people would say with our managers, we're playing catch-up. We've been left behind. £150 million now isn't that mm. much. That's not what, you know, that's what a Newcastle will, will go and spend, I believe, in the summer. On You're right. The, the,
1: the MO of, of how we do business, we're reticent, we're reluctant to, to to overspend. But every club overspends. Every club does. This Midrick guy that's gone to, to Chelsea, again, I'm sorry if I'm not pronounced his name correctly, Hundred million over eight years, whatever it is, he scored twelve goals. You know, it, 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 everyone's overspending. Ben White, Ben White is not a fifty million pound defender. He can't make the English one. No, but he he
2: is Bren. That's the he problem. Because they paid He is a fifty million pound. Player. Yeah, and but it's not just that. It's not look. If one club was paying it, then he would not be a fifty million pound defender. But you are asked now if you if you offered Ben White to. Newcastle, Man United, Man City, Chelsea for fifty million quid. Would one of them pay it? The answer is yes. Therefore, he's a fifty million pound defender. That's the that's the problem, and it's what that that way of thinking. And I'm not criticizing you here, but that way of thinking is what is holding us exactly, back. Then. because it moves on. It doesn't. It's like a house. It's not, it's not. The the prices don't deteriorate. The only time prices deteriorate are when, <laughs> are when you don't cash in your players at the time. We could have got. X amount for Deli Alley, he could have got X amount for Lucas Moore, we could have, you know, you can go through all the players, but it's that way of thinking of, well, they're worth this now, they'll be worth that in the future, and always, he doesn't, the Levy and whoever else runs it, don't seem to understand the economics of football, that if you go and spend, I'll tell you now, if you, put, if Mudrick, to, to give your example, if there was a way of doing it, and I know there's not, of him going on the market now, would he fetch that price again? yes, 100 percent. So that 85 million quid that they've spent or whatever over however many years, that's an asset. And it's worth that much money that they've paid. They're not lost anything. That's what I don't that's what I don't get with
1: how how Levy operates. It's frustrating. On that subject, we we do have a problem with shifting players on. And one player that we don't want to shift on is Harry Kane. There's been rumours this week about him uh, being open to signing uh, a, a, a contract extension and Paul did you did you buy that or do you think it's because I was certain, a couple of weeks I was certain he, he was off to manu in the summer but if this season pans out okay, he, he, he might stick around, he might sign on.
0: What, sign on for like the dog like every <laughs> Wednesday goes down and signs on um, yeah I read the Ornstein article that you're uh, you're referencing there, I said I read it today in The Athletic um, I'm a bit... Sus- this, this, this is where this club's got me right now. I'm a bit suspicious about the timing of this coming up, to be honest, first and foremost. But then I thought, David Ornstein doesn't really play these games um, and he, he's not really at the back of the call of any of the clubs and he's not going to be used as a mouthpiece, et cetera, et cetera. So do I hope that Harry Kane signs a new deal with us? Yes, of course I do because we've just waxed lyrical for 20 minutes earlier about him. If a United or a Newcastle came in with... 100 million plus 85 million plus w- w- would I expect Levy to take it and go and for him to leave probably I probably I probably wouldn't stand it I feel too bad about it because I know at the minute we just talked about 5 minutes ago about the way the the club operates we you know we might not kind of get the players around him to really like push on and give him what he deserves but do I believe these stories are romantic at Brendan? Yes, I do believe them. I think he could be able to sign a new contract. Please, Harry, stay.
1: Please. <laughs> Sid, what do you think of the, the story today? Because like last week it was like, he's not talking about any contract extension. And we were all like, yeah, he's definitely gone. Probably to United. Now this week it's changed. And uh, where do you think the stories are coming from? And what, what, what do you think? Do you think he will stay after the summer?
2: Oh, I have no idea and I have no idea where this where the stories are coming from. I know that um out of all the, the journalists um in the report on Tottenham, uh Ornstein is probably the one the one to trust. Um, you know, he's broken stories before anyone else. He broke the Pursuma transfer story as a as a for instance. Obviously I I would love him to stay. I th- I, look, I don't think Levy's in a in a difficult position with this because I think there will there will obviously be an offer on the table, and if the offer's not taken, then then as if, um in football sense and in business sense, it makes sense to sell him. I don't think anyone really would would. Want him to stay for a year and run it down to nothing and see him leave for nothing. I think that that would be the the worst thing that we could do, knowing that 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 a player is leaving. You know, we talked about it with Conte. <laughs> if he, if indeed he he is he is going to leave, no one wants to kind of just see someone run down um, the, the the deal. I I can't see that I might be um, thinking Rosie, if you like. I can't see him going to an English club. And I don't really get why he would. I covered this before. He won't go to Man City. Um, I, uh, I he, he won't go to Liverpool. Uh, he definitely won't go to Chelsea or Arsenal. So the only option is Manchester United. He's got a young family. He's lived in lived in and around London all his life. Uh, I would like to think that, that that means something. And you can see how much playing for Tottenham... Um, Means to him. Look, if it meant he stayed, then I would call him the greatest Spurs player that that we ever had. Even though I'm, I'm not
1: quite <laughs> sure that's right. I knew I'd get you. I knew I'd get you. <laughs> 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 right, gents, we've been over almost an hour now. So, oh, Sib, what's the latest from football prizes? Anything?
2: Uh, yes, yes, they have a lovely, and I mean a lovely Tottenham prize this week. Um, it's a signed and framed Dayan Kulisewski shirt. <laughs> Um, however it's not just any frame it's a specialist frame with led lights um so very kind of unique piece um when i'm thinking about it i i see callers um, <laughs> quite um, <laughs> quite a uh, unique um man cave um bit gauche i suppose you could you could say uh, and i think it would look Lovely there, but we don't want caller to win it. We want, we want a proper cheesehead to win it. So uh, yeah, tickets are five. <laughs> tickets are five ninety five. Ninety nine tickets available, and you can use our code, which has now changed. So if you're listening, everyone, it's now C R ten. Spelled out C R T E N uh, for ten percent off all your um, tickets. And if you join Patreon, you actually get. 15% off and we'll give you that code once you're in the Patreon group. Um, so yeah, Dayan football
0: footballprizes.co.uk. Top Go stuff. And check it top
1: up. stuff, uh, Mr Muir, thanks for joining.
0: No problem. It's good to win. Thanks for having me back good on. Come on, you Spurs.
1: Fucking win, get in. Seb, good to chat, mate.
0: Yeah, you too, mate. And uh, I think I've seen you
2: soon for, uh, for a special pod yeah, this exactly
1: week. Exactly, yeah. So lift us from the, the doom and gloom of supporting Spurs the last few weeks. So I've set up a pod with probably the most positive uh, t- former Tottenham player, Gary Stevens, who uh, Cheesehead uh, for the fans will know uh, has been with us for a long time, uh, but it's been a while since he's been on the pod, busy with his media responsibilities out in Asia. So uh, we will be having uh, both Gary Stevens and Tim Vickery, South American football correspondent uh, on the pod on Wednesday. And I will publish that Wednesday evening. So do look out for that. and. Uh, as ever, please do continue to to follow us on social media, subscribe. Please leave a comment; it does help us grow. And uh, as ever, come on you Spurs!
0: Come on you Spurs! Come on you
1: Spurs!
2: Sports social podcast network.